Right, we're on. Hello. Hey, have you been up to anything, Dave? We are. We again. We missed our midweek slots, and we were here at the weekend. They're recording this one, aren't we? Yeah. So it's a Sunday afternoon, isn't it? I'm sure we've done one. We did one the weekend of the week. I'm sure it was a Saturday-ish. We definitely done one on the weekend because we couldn't yeah. do the midweek, but, but we haven't done a Sunday. No. Maybe. Do you feel any difference? No. <laughs> no, I do. Like, I feel like I haven't got that mad panic to get home from work or finish up work and I can just sort of. Yeah, it's not a bad point, that. And plus, I did actually get my research and all my bits done this week because obviously I was ready for the other night, but we just mm. didn't get round to it. I've went and was really manly yesterday because I went to a field, picked a tree, <laughs> and got a big hairy man with a chainsaw to cut it down and I carried my tree back so obviously <laughs> listener it's just before Christmas obviously by the time this episode comes out it will literally just be before Christmas maybe or just after I can't quite work out the timetable now we're all a bit oobly do. we're really close to Christmas if not yeah. if, if not so we went to a farm near St. Helens that grow Christmas trees and you walk into a field and pick a tree it's meant to be a beautiful and magical but it was fucking pissing down. <laughs> I was like muddy. It was miserable. I walked into the field and I saw me tree and I went that one. Was it? Was it like glowing? Was there like a moment where you oh. knew that was the one you wanted? Yeah, no, I could see it on the other side. Of that. Like it was like quite a big, big patch of the field. And I, cause how I, many were you choosing from then? Roughly. Oh, I reckon it must have been about two hundred. In and the, you picked that one yeah, straight because I could see it because they were all they're all sorts of similar sizes, but I knew the size and height I wanted and certain width to fit in where we've got it. Couldn't be too fat at the bottom because we haven't got enough room. But I needed it to be tall because <laughs> we've got quite a tall ceiling. And I was like, I could see it on the other side, and I was pointing to the guy. I was like, I want that one. So we just got a little tack saw, cut it down, we carried it back and wrapped up. And I was like, Ugh. and then today, this morning, I had to the trunk was a bit too fat to put in me stand <laughs> so I really wanted them to be like a squibble in it like um, National yeah. Lampoon I've, I was watching a video someone sent me a video the other day this, this guy chainsawing and a big tree down and as they cut it this little dog come running out because his dog had been squirrelling little dog they, like they had to cut the tree in half fell the tree cut yeah. it off, and this little tree come pop like a little dog like a little Jack Russell comes rummaging out the hole of the tree, shakes himself down and walks off like nothing happened. <laughs> I'm like, fair enough. Dave, what have you been watching? Now, I'm, I'm asking this question this week because I've had to watch stuff for someone who has a podcast. You don't watch a lot of things. Don't you watch, watch the things for the podcasts. Yeah. Obviously. But just about outside of that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording this on the Sunday, which means last night was the... Finale for the three-part David Tennant return to Doctor Who for the 60th anniversary. It was brilliant, you know. It was good. Yeah, each week's been really good. I've got to say, the only period I ever watched Doctor Who was, was David Tennant. I didn't really watch before, didn't really watch after. Oh, right. well, you'll enjoy it then, because obviously he's in those three, and now we've got our new oh, Doctor. Yeah. It is a big thing, new Doctor, isn't it? It's Yeah, well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's, we've got a new Doctor. We might still have the old one. Oh. Spoilers. Oh. But by the time this goes out, I think everyone will know what, what's kind of happened. But it's really good. Russell T. Davis is back and then Nkuti, Nkuti Gatwa has got his first official show on Christmas Day. 
Interesting. And Doctor Who back on Christmas Day, I think, is a good That's thing. That's a proper Christmassy proper thing. Proper BBC yes, show, yes. isn't it? Something yeah, to get excited yeah. about. And one more thing then I watched was Leave the World Behind, which is on Netflix with Julia Roberts. Oh, who else is in this? I saw, I was watching the trailer for this the other There's day. There's a few. Is um, it? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get his name, pronounce his name totally wrong. He was in Moonlight. Mahamashir Ali. He's going to be the new Mishale. Blade. Oh, weirdly, he's in one of my picks later. Oh, okay. And I wrote it down and wrote his name down, but I can't see it on my page right now because it's further down. Mishir um, Ali. That's something that I think it is. He's great. Um, oh, he's, he's in Green Book, isn't he? Yes. As well. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Bacon's in it, but not Kevin like a huge part. It, 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 it is worth watching, but you want more. Okay. You sort of want more. Okay. But it's an interesting watch. A couple of TV things I've watched, and I've restarted. I've gone all the way back to Big Bang Theory. Interesting. I'm already in series season three. And it's just you... one of them things you can just have on and just enjoy. I do, I do, I love, I love the titles for each episode. The titles are so good. The, the, the moment of thought they put yeah. in the titles and the language they use, and I, I absolutely love it. Apparently they did have a couple of, like, the writers had a couple of scientist guys that they always used as... Proper experts on yeah, board, yeah. yeah. I also watched really good Netflix series, All the Light We Cannot See. It's the Sean Levy yeah. directed one. Which is really weird because Sean Levy tends to do all the Ryan Reynolds stuff, which is normally quite funny. He's doing Deadpool 3, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. All the stuff he's previously done. So it's it's Sean Levy and Stephen Knight who wrote Peaky Blinders. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Is Mark Ruffalo in it? Yes. I haven't, I've seen clips and I've seen that it was Sean Levy and I was a little bit... Like you Not hundred like, percent sure Mark, uh, Mark Ruffalo's accent because it's set in... France in the Second World War. So there's Germans and there's French people and there's Americans, but they all just have their own accents. You know what I mean? There's no really. I Ma- don't mind that. But it doesn't bother me. I'd rather have an accent. But Mark Ruffalo has this weird. I don't know what his accent is. Whereas all the other characters in it are just doing their normal accent. Yeah. And that's like, that's fine. Like, you don't try to do. Like, oh, yeah, bonjour. You're like, oh, did you do German accents? It's not well, it's like, just but Mark Ruffalo's is like, I don't know what he's doing. But he's still bossing it, though. So still because the best one for that is like Hunt for Red October. It starts off in Russian and then just drifts into... Did he just give up? Has he just give up? Yeah, it started purposely, <laughs> does it? Where it just, it's like, um, come back to Doctor Who, it's like the TARDIS translating everything. So it'll be in Russian and then just drifts into Sean Connery being Sean Connery. Whereas there was the other submarine film, that K-19 with Harrison Ford, where they all do bad accents and you think, just do your own. Just, like, it's suspended belief anyway. We know you're playing a Russian submarine commander. You don't really need to do it. I know, don't get the the, the funny accents or late, you know what I mean? Or or, or I'm one of them, I'm making a film. I would cast a German to speak German and have subtitles for them (laughs) bits. There's some some that don't really... I'll tell you who's really good. Michael Fassbender, because apparently he can speak German. Well, his dad's German, his mum's Irish, isn't he? So he can do the accents regardless. So casting someone like him as a German kind of makes sense, but I don't know. I just think, just do your own accent sometimes. (laughs) Watched a couple of films. I've re-watched Seven Psychopaths. I've been ages since I've seen... Sam Rockwell? Yes. I haven't seen that for a long time. I forgot how good that's. Is it Colin Farrell? Yeah, Colin Farrell and Christopher Walken. Yes. Oh my God. And it's not for a long time. 
It's amazing. I watched it when it first came out and I went back and watched it. It's so good. I mean, I think it's since we did way, way back. I'm in a bit of a real Sam Rockwell appreciation. Oh, you're doing the tour? You're doing the full yeah, tour? Yeah, I think I'm going to do the tour. There's a few <laughs> I haven't seen of his. I need to watch the one you said. Is it the one set in space? Moon. Moon. I yeah, it's... Um, That's on my list. David Bowie's son, whose name I can't... Who's totally slipped my mind, who directs it. Yes. It's good, yeah. And we watched last night Pain Hustlers, the Emily Blunt and Chris Evans... Really good film. Like it's not. It's not like it's not a ten out. It's not a nine out of eight. Eight out of ten. Yeah. But it's it's a boss film. It's really good. Emily Blunt is fantastic in it. So do you think I'd like it? I think so. Add it to your list on Netflix. Sure thing. Welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Liam. My name is Dave. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you haven't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say, if you've never seen The West Wing, you don't want to miss CJ doing a jackal. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. Dave, Liam, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Oh, excellent. So, last one of the Rob Reiner box set. It is now been, this will be the eighth one, if we include Stand By Me from box set two. Two, yeah. Yeah, because right, we've done box set three in between, and we got time flies when you're having fun. So, first of all, Dave, don't forget, whenever we start... An episode in our Rob Reiner box set. We have a Rob Reiner facts. What are your Rob Reiner facts for the Rob Reiner box set? I've got a couple of facts I don't think we've mentioned before. This I've got one... to say, yeah, we, we, we keep forgetting which ones are we actually <laughs> done. Yeah, them down, don't <laughs> yeah. we? This one just popped up because I was listening to him on a podcast and they were asking about his movies and he said his favourite film he's made is Stand By Me. Yeah. I Yeah, it's interesting. So yeah. we are going to do our... Knockout yeah. conversation. We're going to decide what's our favourite film. But according to him, it's Stand, it's by, stand me. by Me. Interesting. All in the Family, we've mentioned a few times, haven't we? Yeah. So, did you know that All in the Family is based on the UK show Till Death Do Us Part? No, I did not. Yeah, no. Oh, it, I um, like that fact. Warren Mitchell is Alf Garnet. It came out, started in 1965, ran for about six seasons. But it, yeah. That's what that is based on. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until he mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah, right. And just another one to mention, not really a fact, but just information, he's got a new documentary that is coming out in February called God and Country. We love Rob Reiner. We just love Rob Reiner. So, Dave, we just keep saying the word Rob Reiner. (laughs) What's your Rob Reiner pick in the Rob Reiner box set and your last Rob Reiner pick? Rob Reiner. <laughs> What's the last pick in the Rob Reiner box set? So I have gone for The Sure Thing. Oh, interesting. 
So the show thing is a 1985 romantic comedy. It follows the cross-country journey of college students Walter and Alison as they make their way from New England to Los Angeles. Alison is travelling to meet up with her college boyfriend Jason, whilst Walter, whose love life is going through a bit of a dry spell, is going to LA to meet up with his friend Lance, who has set him up with a girl who has told him is a sure thing. Allegedly based on a real-life situation that happened to Stephen L. Bollum, and it was inspired by the Frank Capra classic, It Happened One Night. Very good. Why then, Dave, of the Rob Reiner films that were left, because I think we had this last week with American Presidents, it was probably not one of the obvious ones we're in. He had that little patch of mm. amazing films. We're probably picking the ones a little bit around that amazing patch now, either just at the end or just at the beginning. But what was it of all those other ones you picked this one? I just think it's a good one to end on. So this was only his second movie after Spinal Tap. And did you notice the Spinal Tap poster in the I movie? I did, yeah, yeah. Well, not not until I read it and then I, then I went back and watched it again. <laughs> like, I didn't see it. I was like, it's just what? in the background on the, 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 the dorm rooms. I think we're going to get into this, I think, when we come to the impacts. It does sow the seeds for all the future Rob Reiner movies. Yeah. So I think this is a really good one to end on. One of his very first ones, and then we'll talk about how it sets up his future films. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I've i never watched it before, so it was really good for me to watch it. Did you enjoy it? I, yeah, I did. It, was, it, was, it still felt fresh and dialogue was quite snappy. And I think, and I'll come back to this one of the things we do later, there was some outdated cultural references, so to speak. And I think we, I think we both know where we'll come and go back on them on those things we change questions. But I really enjoyed it. It was it was with the dialogue, it was snappy, it did still feel quite fresh. It didn't feel like you know, when you watch 80s teenage films now it's like oh my god it's like that's so awful it wasn't you could put it out now i think yeah you could re-release it couldn't you and it, it would um it would still resonate with people i think but i really enjoyed I, do you know what i sat there and watched it and it was like it just struck me the time of your life where i was thinking about like we were when we were that age and we were going out your first start because i think in in america the culture is you like your college campus universities we don't have that the same culture for us as when we first start going out 16 17 18 isn't it like we we love going out and it's like you just you we, know, you we get, were going to garfield at like yeah. which is a, 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 a pub which doesn't exist anymore but we were what 16, 17. Yeah, we were. And, you know, <laughs> let's be honest, we were going out to meet girls. It's like, you know, we we were at that age where, you know... We, it was only like a pound a pint in days as well. <laughs> yeah, so oh God, you yeah. could go out and actually, you know, but stay I out. I just remember, I don't know why this, when I was sat there thinking about him, one of my friends, Dave, another Dave, I know a lot of Daves. I remember, like, when we we were always out and, like, we were, like... Always like trying to, you know, enjoy ourselves. No, we need to still go out midweek. Remember that when, when we, you could, um, yeah, yeah. And he said he used to work with an old guy, and it's, this this has always stuck in my mind. He said, "Oh, the little old fella, like not old fella, but he came over. He's like, oh, you youngins." He said, "When I was your age, all you wanted to do was go out and meet girls and girls." He says, "When you get to my age, you get more excited over a cooked breakfast in the morning." <laughs> and the weird thing is, he's probably the age we are now. But I was sat yeah. there thinking this, going, 
Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah, I think. I don't know why I started thinking about it. It did, when I finished watching it, it did make me think about just... Not reevaluating my life, but just I did go about back where to, you are. Yeah, it did make me think, and for some reason, that I always remember that comment. Oh, I'd rather have a cooked breakfast, and it's true. It's well, true. one of the things I've just realised that I didn't put in the things I want to change, but now you've said it. The very early part of the movie where he's talking about, like, essentially saying like he's past it. Yeah, you know, and going out and meeting girls, and like he's still only like meant to be nineteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that now that bugs us as someone older ways. They probably would have resonated at the time. A good comment I heard this week was, it was around sort of like getting older and the things you do, and it was you realise as you get older, it's not so much the places you go, it's the people who you go with now. You realise that when you get older, and the phrase I really liked was, "It's not the places, it's the faces." Those places, yeah, I think, I think as you get older, yeah. But I was, me and Jackie were chatting about this the other day because she said I'm a miserable bastard, I was like, <laughs> I said, oh, I get that all the time, oh, don't worry. I'm just you're, like, in, you're in good company. And Because, like, Jackie was telling me the other day, I'm a right miserable old bastard as I've got a little bit of, And I'm like, I just don't like people much anymore. I'm, and it's not like I'm, I'm rude or I go to work, I have a laugh and work, but yeah. come here, I'm like, I like my own company. It's just like see Jackie will try and go out and do things with people as much and I'm like there's so much effort that goes into that isn't it that's what you do think when you're younger you're never going to be come back to funny enough to Alf Garnet in the um, Death is Do Part and Victor Meldrew used to watch those things and like sorry I've just got to throw this Victor Meldrew fact in here go on you know it was Richard Wilson who played Victor Meldrew yeah you're going to say we're the same age or something here no so (laughs) The first season, the first yeah. season of One Foot in a Grave, Richard Wilson was only the same age as Keanu Reeves is now. Oh, really? When he made that, when he made One Foot in a Grave, for our overseas listener, they might not get that reference, but he, you, was, he was only like early fifties. Have you found though? Is this just me? But old people don't seem to be old anymore. No. When we were kids, if someone was in the late fifties, sixties, they used to look old. And they all had like spoke old like and did all things. All had the same macks and bags and, and trolleys, nets and stuff. Yeah. Whereas now I think like I don't know if it's because of people like George Clooney, Brad yeah. Pitt, um, Tom Cruise for, from a male side anyway. They're in like the sixties, aren't they? Or like all these yeah. late fifties. And it definitely, there definitely seems to be something going on where like people don't seem to be as. Old as women, yeah. Kids. I don't know. I don't know what it, that is. Is that look, just, just looking after ourselves better? Or is it just or a what? fashion? You know. You know. I don't know. But you're right. Anyway, let's enough of reminiscing about times gone past, because <laughs> I'm more than happy being miserable. We could do a present. podcast just on that. <laughs> yes, I am. Honestly, I'm more happy being miserable in the present than thinking about past. But anyway, <laughs> who's in it, Dave? So we'll start with John Cusack. We've. How do you pronounce it, Dave? No H. John Cusack. <laughs> a little throwback, listeners, of our very first episode was Gross Point Blank. Yeah. I, I pronounce it John Cusack. And I still do. Once I've got something in my brain, how I pronounce it, I can't Stuck. re-pronounce it. So if I say John Cusack, don't, don't complain, because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done Gross Point Blank, which is probably my favourite John Cusack film. I've picked a couple of random ones out because obviously we covered yeah, a lot yeah, of his I've films like Conair yeah, I've only picked that. one. I must Love Dogs oh. with Diane Lane from 2005. No, no. Serendipity 
with Kate Beckinsale, yes. 2001. I've gone down the romantic comedy route oh, here. Oh, okay. America's Sweethearts with Julia Roberts. And there's one that isn't a romantic comedy, but for some reason I've never seen this. It came out in 2014 and it's called The Carrier and it's got Robert De Niro in as well. Oh, no, don't so I'm going to check that one out. I picked this one and I know we did mention it during Gross Point Blank, but Hot Tub Time Machine... Because it's just <laughs> batshit crazy. It shouldn't even work. It shouldn't be. As a premise. It shouldn't be a good film. But it's it's good, terrible. And I think it's all, like horrible bosses. Yeah, it reminds yeah, me of that type of comedy, It's a good it? cast as well. I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's a shit premise, but when you've got a good <laughs> cast, and you can tell they actually had a bit of fun making it as well. By no, it's a good one, that one. Okay, who else is in it? Uh, we've got Daphne Zuniga. Who is Alison? Been working solidly yeah. since uh, you know she's she's probably most famous for Spaceballs. Yeah. She was in Melrose Place and she's in Dynasty. So if you you're big into your soap, your American soaps, you're probably well aware of her. I haven't really seen her in anything else apart from Spaceballs, which she's amazing in. She was in a series of Spin City with Michael J. Fox. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. Which I'm a I was a big fan of. That was one of the programs. I remember Spin City, yeah, but I don't I don't I, remember episodes or I remember years ago, I think when I was in college or uni, I used to stay up really late and watch Paramount Com- Paramount Comedy Channel. I used to always be on that every evening. Love it. It was really good. I love anything Michael Jake Box though. So we've got Anthony Edwards is Lance, who's Walter's best friend. He originally auditioned for the lead. Okay. But then when John Cusack came along, he eventually go and we'll go into some details about that. But we know from Top Gun, he was Goose in Top Gun, yeah. wasn't he? He's also in ER. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for years. But he also, just because we always try and link back to some of our previous podcasts, he's got a credit for Frasier. I don't know if it's a voice. Must be. I don't voice, remember yeah. seeing him in it. It might just be a voice one, but he has got, he has got a credit for, for being in it. He has got a part in Zodiac as well. Yes, I noticed that one, yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely one to watch, if you like. I, do you know what? I think he's got such a lovely head of hair when he was younger as well. Is it? Cause yeah. I just, you just, you just know from <laughs> ER, don't you? But in my mind, because I knew he was in Top Gun, I thought he'd already lost his hair by Top Gun. And I'm thinking, well, Top Gun was only the year later. And I had to go back and Google pictures. He had a lovely head of hair in Top Gun as well. Yeah, he did, yeah. I was like... Just not used to it now, are we? No. I can't say not, can I? Right, these are kind of not big characters, but but they are. Yeah, yeah. Tim Robbins is in it. Yes. Small part. We know from Shawshank Redemption. He plays Gary, who's like, picks them up, doesn't he, for the first um, sort of part of the journey. Yeah. Apparently he improvised some of his lines, including the This is the Dawn of the Age of Aquarius when he starts singing. Apparently he came up with a lot of the lines in the car, which, which makes it quite funny. But did you have anything for Tim Robbins? The player. The player, yeah. Love that one, Robert Holman film. Yeah. Really good film. And obviously Shawshank. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nicola. Oh, oh, oh. Go back to Tim Robbins. Yeah. He, he's in Top Gun as well. He is, yeah. But I always find when I watch Top Gun and you see, he's like, he's almost just hovering in the background of scenes, but he doesn't really do or say anything. <laughs> it's almost like... He's only in this for like one... Yeah. But I always find it quite funny. I feel like he's literally just like, like he just wandered into the wrong set on top. And he's just, <laughs> every scene with his group, he's yeah. just there in the background. Wondering, <laughs> like um, Ricky Gervais in extras. Yes. Just trying, trying exactly to get on camera, yeah. yeah. 
So Nicolette Sheridan is the sure thing of the title of the movie. She's most famous for playing Eddie Britt in Desperate Housewives. She was also in Dynasty, the as we just mentioned. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I read a story that Rob Reiner asked her to audition in a bikini, and she allegedly told him she didn't think he would be able to handle it. <laughs> so I like that story, if that's true. You got anything? I've got... I don't know what character is. Boyd Gaines was in it. He, oh, I think he plays the name. He's the boyfriend. He's the boyfriend, yeah. But I was going through his sort of IMDb history. And I haven't seen it, but I really want to see it. Is he did, there was one se- season of TV called Queen Supreme. It's all about judges, the judge circuit. And hmm. I'm sure it was in Queens as well. But it was Oliver Platt and Annabelle Sakura. Was in the cast and he was in it, and it looks really good. I thought, Check that oh, one out. yeah, one more digging that out. Rebecca Linforce is the professor in the movie. I was sitting there thinking, I know you from something, I couldn't think what it was. Was she the, the, she, the, she, she, the yeah. shooter? Yeah, yeah. So she's in loads of things, but what it is, she's in Stargate from uh, 1994. Right. I was like, I'd be like, ah, that's where I really know you from. She's done loads of movies, but that was the main one I recognized her from. And then Larry Hankin plays a trucker. Again, just a small little cameo. You're, everyone should know him as Mr. Heckles from Friends. Who well, used to live downstairs. But you picked something else. I, we I completely missed that. I saw him straight away when it's old Joe from Breaking Bad who had the the wrecking yard, wasn't yeah. he? Got rid of all, of, the, all the evidence when he was needed. So really small part, but really yeah, funny part yeah, as well. definitely. Though. All right then, Dave. That's who is in it. But out of all of them... What about performance or character? What tickles your fancy in in this one? So there's very few characters in the movie, really. So for me, it had to be between Walter and Alison. But I think performance-wise, I'm going with John Cusack. I went with Alison as a character. Interesting. Yeah. So John Cusack was born in June 1966. The film comes out in 1985. So he's only 19 yeah. when the film comes out. Bob Reiner did think he was too young but then was convinced to watch him doing an audition, obviously realised he's like an amazing talent, mm. cast him. So at the time of the casting, Cusack had not graduated from high school. So the producer, Roger Bimbam, Bimbam had to go to court to get him emancipated. Yeah, I read this. It's bonkers, bonkers isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. during the film of the movie from March of, to April of 1984, Bimbam then became Cusack's legal guardian. Just to make a film. Just to make the film. I think, like, I just think it's a really mature performance for someone who you think is just a teenager in this movie. You know, he's only 19 when the actual film comes out. It's recorded two years earlier. Sorry, a year earlier. I think he's great in it, yeah, for such a young age. to Because ca- he, he does carry the, the bulk of the movie. He does. And it's it's a breakout role for him as well. Mm. Cause he, and he's very John Cusack, as in... I was watching it and thinking it could almost be the same character before Gross Point Blank. This is the bit where that could be him earlier, yeah. If you know what I mean, I was like trying to think about it. Just it don't know why it struck me as that. I was just thinking, you could be right because if say the end of that movie, the relationship doesn't work, that's when he goes and joins the army. It is, it just (laughs) I love the character because he's although he's in an Ivy League school, he's he's feeling a bit insecure, he's not. Not feeling like he's, you know, he's failing basically because yeah. he's, he's a bit of a um, jack the lad, isn't he? And, and that, but I love it. I went with Alison myself more as the character, 
and I think when we come back to this, the, the Rob Ryan and influence a little bit later, this was definitely his influence in the fact that, again, the film in them days could have gone one way, and I think to actually put the leading female characters, like quite a strong character as well, do you know what I mean? I really mm. enjoyed it. I thought she was interesting. Reminded me a lot of Sally from when Harry met yeah. Sally a lot. I think we're going to definitely come back to that. So I just thought it was... They could have easily gone a little bit more sexy and a bit silly. Flirty and, and Yeah, stuff. and he just didn't. And, and you know, it's that was definitely the Rob Reiner influence. So, yeah, Alison for me. Good choice. Okay, then, what about your favourite scene? I like the scene right at the start when Walter's chatting up the girl, talking about the stars. She ends up going off with another guy. Then he goes over and starts talking to the other girl, and he's doing the same line because it's just such a lad thing to do, yeah, isn't yeah. it? He's got that preset chat up line that he's just going to try on everyone. So that just made that just made me laugh, and it just made me think of us when we were teenagers. Yeah, well, not... <laughs> Not being successful. Not as, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was the bit I meant, really, yeah. Not so much the lines, just the yeah. unsuccessful attempts at speaking to girls. I mean, to be fair, he was braver than us because he did speak to girls. So. Yeah, yeah, he didn't just stand at the edge <laughs> of a bar. Go, <laughs> and again, this scene just purely because it's such a bloke thing to do. When Walter's telling the truck driver, played by Larry Hankin, about how he has this sure thing... And then he says to him, you know, as long as you pay the speed and fines, I'll get you there because he's so impressed that yeah. he's got it. I was sitting there thinking, that's such a lad thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. A couple of moments for me, I really love the scene where the roommate was giving him his his line that he yeah. put. And it was that moment where John was his hand. It's like, oh, and then he's like, and then he completely says, oh, that's so cheesy and awful. And then the very next scene where he's where he has the first date with Alison, he doesn't know what to say. And then he starts yeah. again, just saying the line. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, because you just, you just, you just don't know what to do. You panic a little bit. And I really thought that was a funny scene. I loved the. Tim Robbins when he eventually lost his shit on the car, when he went on the road. <laughs> kicks them out. <laughs> he just kicks them out the car. I thought that was perfect. Such a short role in it, but really good. Really stood out. I'd it. watch a film with them too. Yes, I would love to know what else happened on that journey. There's, yeah, there's more to that journey. You could definitely make a film with, with them. I, but I think they. <laughs> it's funny because it was only editing the the misery episode, mm. which is come coming out this week. And I'm reading about, the, you know, we're looking at Annie's background. I think them two, Tim Robbins and his girlfriend character, I think they're... Don't you think they're crackers? I think they're, I think they're, <laughs> they're serial killers or something. Do you know what I mean? me thinking it was, like, going to be some sort of rom-com. And you you planned, like, a thriller. Like, no, there you no, go I, off. Like, there's, there was another, like, dead body in that, yeah, in that I went, car. I think that's why he got rid of it, because he was just like, I'm just, I'm just, no. Could you, yeah. I, I think like, in our defence for my first one, though... And talking to girls, we went to an old boys' school, and yeah. I think when you go to an old boys' school and you leave, you've not had those interactions with teenage girls on like yeah. a daily basis, apart from like hey, people that live by you and stuff. I'm but... still terrified by teenage girls now. It's like, you know, <laughs> it should be to be fair. <laughs> I remember all these years ago, I was chatting to someone in work, and I, and I said to him, I said, I feel like you know, when you're ever on a bus and there's a group of teenage girls, they're always laughing at you, and he said, 
No, they probably really are laughing at because that's just what teenage girls do. They just take they're them. evil. They're, they're just evil. like, oh, no. God. Don't talk to them anyway. They're evil. They are you're pure evil. They're not really, not really. Okay, then what about music? It has got a decent soundtrack in it, hasn't it? Very 80s. Yeah, so I read that a lot of the songs in the film weren't officially included on the soundtrack, but if you go on Spotify, there is a version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got Rod Stewart's Infatuation, which is the song that opens the movie. You've got Huey Lewis and the News doing The Heart of Rock and Roll, and then you've got Penny Lover from Lionel Richie and, a, and a, lots of other songs, mm. but they're, they're the three to sort of pick out, I think. Great stuff. Right then, what would you change or do differently if, you, if we remade it? So I don't know if this is on purpose, right? The character of Jason, the boyfriend... Why does he look like a dad? Boyd Gaines was born in 1953. So he was 32. Okay. When the film came out. And Daphne, she was born in 1962. So there's almost a 10-year gap between okay. them anyway. So he was in his 30s filming that, them scenes. And is it on purpose? Because he is meant to be born. He's clearly not the right one. Well, you could have been... I, I thought it, it creeped me out. It creeped me a bit. Because he looked... To be honest, he looked 40. It's a bit of a strange piece of casting, isn't it? Because mm. I think it was to re to emphasise that he was very together and boring and he wants his life together. So it must be, but it is. It, I think you could have cast someone younger to still to play it as a... Yeah. You could still play it as an older, like, yeah. more born thing. But, but I it, think... It, it creeped me out a little bit, to be honest. I think it went in the character, he was a little bit... Too boring. It was. It was almost like a hammy boring. If that makes sense. But he looked like a dad. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're thinking. Of, yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it? And then the other one. I don't know if this is controversial or not. I don't need the kiss at the end. Mm, I didn't... think it pleases a cinema audience yeah. and that people want that closure. But for me, it should have just ended in the classroom when they both realise there's something between them and yeah. It did, didn't bother me. I wasn't. I remember. I wasn't like offended by. It, I think. I know we saying quite often. You we have that thing. Sometimes, less, bit is, less, less is more than it. Yeah. yeah. One thing for me when I first, obviously, the first time I watched it the other day. So I'm watching it from in the year two twenty twenty three with twenty twenty three eyes. In your forties. In my forties, the opening scene with the girl in the bikini yeah. on the beach. I thought was very outdated I just think it wasn't really necessary because at that point she wasn't even introduced into the film almost it was a bit and it's all very much there's a film making technique called the male gaze where it's just and you know filmmaking is often done from a male gaze because more men make films and it's just the the long shots on her body as if she, she was somebody mm. it just felt a little mm, it could have gone it could have been a Porky's movie if that makes sense, it could have been going down that route. But then the film started and it wasn't. Mm. So it's going to come into our next question because I don't know what it is because I'm, I'm I know what it is because I know what we're talking about in the next question. <laughs> Impact. But do you think that that scene's in there so teenage boys come out and tell the friends to go see it? Because the movie selling the movie to teenagers, I think, is quite difficult because it's I don't not because it's not Porky's. It's not yeah, yeah. It's not that type of movie. There's no gross out moments. There's nothing like that. And I'm wondering whether that was like a studio thing. Of I, like, that's well, that's the point I've got in the right, next okay. bit. Is I think 
Do you know what? We'll come back to okay. Let's all come back to the next question. So the next question is then, Dave. So let's... What about the impact? What, what everlasting legacy of the show thing? So it made 18 million, which at the time, that is a decent yeah, box yeah. office. You know, I know now with sort of Marvel movies, anything that doesn't make it... There's a big thing this week about no Disney film last year made a billion. Or yeah, this year. That whole, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they all this made like... This year, they haven't had a billion dollar movie, They've yeah. all made 500 to 700 million stuff, but there's this whole swing now, isn't it, which is a billion is the benchmark. But 18 million for a film like this in the 80s is massive, really. I think that's the equivalent of, like, 100 million today, yeah. probably. I mean, it's all we've said this before, the context of how much it costs to make, put mm. out there and make profit. And just the type of film yeah. as well. It's not, you know... It, 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 I don't think it's, it's one that appeals to a big audience, but it's the legacy, isn't it? It's the legacy of the next Rob Reiner movies. You've got the romantic comedy elements for When Harry Met Sally, an American president. You've got comedy elements themselves, like we see in Prince's Bride. Yeah. And then you've got that teenage like dialogue that we then get in Stand By Me. Yeah. So I think this film sets the benchmark for a lot of things that we see from Rob Reiner that we've already talked about on the previous episodes. So it's I, a good one to end on, on this one. I, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I just think, and when I was watching, I was like, this is Rob Reiner. You could see where when Harry Met Sally came mm. from this film. You could you could see he was he made this film. He was interested in that ex- exploration of that 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 relationship. Obviously, goes across the years, but he did meet when he was in college on a road trip, mm-hmm. which is almost the same type of thing, wasn't it? And this is, was obviously something that really interested Rob Reiner. I can see the similarities when when Harry Met Sally. I felt like a bit like we mentioned before. Is this? Michael Mann's LA takedown to pieces. <laughs> this is the, when I says the upgrade. Yeah, when Harry Messali is definitely an upgrade. But coming back to what we were saying before about the especially the scene we get the young girl at the start and the camera gaze. And I think because it it's Rob Reiner just starting his career, I think he's beholden a little bit to the studios and this one he hasn't really got his voice to sort of go I'm not I'm not doing I think that scene with the girl in bikini was put in by the studio they were like that's that's what we it's an 80s teen movie it's almost like Rob Reiner snuck in a Rob Reiner film like an independent movie into that those 80s comedies they probably the probably studio executives just saw the opening scene oh girl in bikini yes the sure thing (laughs) yeah it's all set in college yeah what happened is but then if you actually when the film kicked in it was not it wasn't it was actually an exploration of the complete opposite Mm. because that was the whole point of John Cusack's character give is he realised that's not what he wanted so I I think it's such an important film for Rob Reiner's career. Mm. And you could see from that, I think he found his voice and was able to say no to the studio. Because there are moments in this film when you think he was probably, that's not Rob Reiner. It's, he's quite progressive, he's quite understanding. I think there's definitely bits thrown in. To appeal to a broader audience, Definitely. that's what it is, isn't well, it? Well, and I think that when you say broader audience, that teenage boy, I think you're right. I think the studios thought we're getting a porkies, and it's yeah. it's not at all. No, it it couldn't be any different, could it? I mean, I mean, we're probably going to talk about some of the 
the um, the sort of teenage movies that come after. But I wouldn't even. I don't even know if I'd class this as like a teen comedy. It, it is listed as one. But yeah. you could take those. You could take that story and put it in a workplace. Yeah, yeah. And do it with two adults, and it still work. Whereas a lot of teenage comedies have to be teenagers, yeah. don't they, yeah. to fit? The the adults tend to be either the bad guys or Definitely. the. the the butt of the jokes or whatever. This it, would work with anything, I think. It's quite a grown up theme than your fact that actually I don't want just meaningless sex. I really met someone and think, you're, you're who I want to be with. And that was the whole point of the film. Yeah. yeah. So, I, like I said, I'd never watched it before. I still thought it held up really well, apart from them couple of moments that I think that we've, we've pointed out. Mm. Right then, Dave... On to the time of each episode where it is your quick fire round. Okay then, Dave, I'm going to ask you five questions. I need to take your first answer. Kenny, no, Kenny's dimmed the lights he's again. He's dimmed the lights and It adds to the suspense. It, it always makes me nervous, though. It does, it does. No one likes Kenny lurking in the background in the dark. <laughs> See, he's us in the he, he's us in the car field at one o'clock in the morning, just lurking round. Won't speak to anyone, yeah. but he's here. I reckon, what what do you reckon, Jack and Kenny's good? Uh, good with the girls, Jack. He's good. He's a good-looking lad, isn't he? he is so lad. I reckon he's confident enough, yeah, isn't he? I reckon probably. Right then, Dave. These are your five questions. Must take your first answer. No. Taking time, blah blah, you know what I mean, blah blah blah. Here we go. Right. Question one California College or a East Coast Ivy League College? I'd want the sun, California. If you went to uni, because I know you didn't, what would you study? Doesn't necessarily have to be what you'd thought you'd want to do at 18, oh, 19, no, yeah. even if it's something Ooh, I'm all, To be honest, I'm thinking now, really, as opposed yeah. to maybe a mighting course. Okay. Maybe something to do with not journalism, but more more maybe cre- a, creative writing. Yeah, like a novel or something. I'd okay. like to do. Three options. Choose which one: a road trip, a beach slash pool holiday, or a cruise. I've, I've been dying to go on a cruise. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to go on a cruise. I've done an overnight cruise, and that's it. One day you're going on a cruise. Recast the shore thing now. With actors now? Yeah. So normally we'd say Tom Holland and Zendaya. Yeah, we just did just our standard answers because they are two beautiful people. And they're both really young and they'd be able to pull this off, wouldn't they? Well, I haven't said that. I think they both must be like mid-20s. Yeah, but just look to yeah, you. Just yeah. don't think. So let's go with the one that plays Miss Marvel. Yes. Amand Valania. Oh, great show. Valani, is it? Love it. And then for the John Cusack role, I think we go with Luke from Modern Family. Okay. Which is yeah, um, Nolan Gould. I'd I think def- them too. I think definitely I'd maybe consider Timothy Chalamet for the ring. I think he would be quite an interesting. Was he another that's like probably a lot older than what yeah, he Yeah, really he does. Is. He looks young, doesn't he? I don't does. think him and hair would work as good as maybe... Nolan Gould and an air, but yeah, he is. He, he definitely has got a John Cusack style about him, as definitely he? right. Going out as an 18 year old mm-hmm. or having a good breakfast as a 44 year old? Oh, breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Where can you watch 
the show thing. I'll be honest, I struggle to find yeah. anywhere in the UK. It seems to be in America. You've got, it was on like Hulu. Yeah. I think it was on Netflix and I think even it was on uh, their Amazon Prime. But in the UK, it was a sort of struggle. So it's one you're probably going to, you're probably going to have to pay for it. Yeah. Wherever you, you find you it. You will rental yeah. digital downloads. You won't get it on any of your, your normal streamer ones that, like your Disney and stuff. Okay, then last bit we always do if you like the show thing what else would you like and we always pick a theme my theme this week is i'm going for the road trip element nice it's one of my favorite type of movies so i picked if you like the show thing you will like this first one i'm gonna go with thor ragnarok it's a road trip movie (laughs) it's a cosmic road trip movie but it's a road trip it's just because they're in spaceships and going far yeah. on. It's a road trip. Don't care. Okay, what I'll give you says. that. Where the Millers. Love Where the Millers. Love yeah. the Miller. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Due date. With um, Robert Downey Jr. And Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, that's a bold movie, yeah. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And which I just think it's a remake of Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Yeah, you, uh, to be honest, I've been sitting here thinking, when's he going to say playing strange oh. and reveals? And then if we're going to go sort of a little bit less goofy comedy mm-hmm. route, Little Miss Sunshine. That's a road movie, yeah. Road movie, one of my favourite movies. Midnight Run. Oh, I love Midnight Run. I knew you love Midnight Run. And I watched this not that too long ago. I loved it. Peanut Butter Falcon. With Shia LaBeouf. Yes. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, it's such a good film. Yeah, it's such an underrated film. It went under the radar, really, didn't it? I think, yeah, that there's, there's some good choices there for both and movies. A couple well. more. We mentioned, you mentioned it before, mm. Green Book, with Marsharala Ali. Yeah, Thank great film. Vigo Mudson, great film. Logan is a road movie. Mm. And my last one, I remember finding this film a few years ago. Never known anyone who's ever seen it or even likes it. Sideways. The wine. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Giamatti and Sandra Oh, I love that film. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. But hardly anyone's ever seen that film. It's a, it's a proper... It makes you want to have a drink when you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> right then, what are your themes, Dave? What are you telling the listener if they like the show thing? I've what gone else? with a couple of themes. A couple of themes. A couple. Okay. I've gone with teenage comedies. Obviously. Obviously. So these are the, like, your porkies type ones, which do have those... You know, this, this is a little bit more serious, isn't it? And sneaks under the radar, yeah. this film. This has your gross-out moments and all your things that you'd expect from a teenage comedy. So the in-between is TV show and movies. Oh, yes. You, if you're talking about teenagers, you've got to say them, haven't you? Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Heath Ledger. That's a really good film. The American Pie movies. Yeah. Especially the first one. Definitely. The, the first yeah. one is really good, isn't it? I've recently watched, with Jennifer Lawrence, No Hard Feelings. I haven't seen that one It's yet. actually really good. It, yeah. it got panned by... I've seen completely mixed... It's really? one of them ones I've seen some absolutely reviews that have panned mm. it and some said, it's a good film. Yeah, I think it's a good film, yeah. And it's got that nice sort of mix of, like, the, the teen comedy and heartfelt stuff yeah. as well. It's good. Super bad. Yes, one of my favourite films of all time. I knew, I knew you'd like that if I put it on. And I'm classing it as a teenage comedy, even though for the majority of the film is not... Uh, well, sorry, 
it probably doesn't fall in that bracket normally, but big. I think it's a teenage comedy, yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't play a teenager for the majority of the film. No, does he? I'm no, sorry. Yeah. He's a teenager. Tom Hanks is playing a teenager in an adult's body. Yeah. So that, I think that yeah. counts. Yeah, 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 it's there. I just want to put a Tom Hanks film in. Come on. You know, because we saw Tom He's played with him for the minute for us. Yeah, he was. We saw him. We literally saw We've him. seen the man. Just there. He was like that far away from We've seen him in real life. We have. And then I've gone with romantic films I've never seen. Oh, interesting. That's a really good choice of if you like this, you'll like this. Because you haven't seen these to say I, I like seen them. them. But so, interesting. I like your confidence, Dave. So I've never seen The Notebook with Ryan Gosling from 2004. I don't think I have either, actually. Nope, no, never seen it. I haven't seen the Senaton come out this year, though, Past Lives. It's getting, like, five-star reviews everywhere. It's been talked about as one of the, like, the film... One of the films of the year, so I'm definitely going to check out Past Lives. Is that the one with the Korean actor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can't think of the the people that are in it, but it's it's the reviews are amazing yeah, for yeah. it anyway, and the reviews are amazing for this. It's a Norwegian film called The Worst Person in the World that came out in 2021, and it's on the list of all like the top romantic oh. best romantic films of all time. It's 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 there or thereabouts. It's it's meant to be a really good film. I've never seen The African Queen with Humphrey Bogart and Catherine, Hep- Catherine Hepburn. I have from 1977. Yeah, yeah. You seen it? Yeah, yeah. Nope, never seen it. So it's on my list of romantic films to to check out. And then I picked this one just sadly because Ryan O'Neill passed away this week and I've never seen Love Story with him and Ali McGraw, which came out in 1970. No. So a little bit of a homage to him for passing away. Fair enough. Okay, Dave, that was the sure thing. Also, that was the end of our Rob Reiner box set. There's only going to be one more episode next week and what we're going to do is a little battle royale we're going to run we're going to all the films we've done including stand by me are going to meet each other at some point we'll try and whittle it down to which is the best rob reiner film according to us not that our opinions mean anything (laughs) but thank you dave that was the sure thing watch it if you can This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, Arval's lad, on work experience. Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcast from.